assaulting the police, doing the madness walk to uh, some of our, uh, Luton's finest this morning. I don't quite know why. It was very odd. They just walked past the studio as well. I hid behind a door and, and watched them. I'm sure they're all dashing home to s- turn their radios onto BBC Three Counties to listen to this. Quick, let's get back. We've got to get back home. Ian Lee's on BBC Three. It's a bank holiday. He won't be in. They'll get some Muppet to fill in for him. No, he's actually coming in. So good morning to all my drunk and slightly high friends this morning. Welcome. Lots coming up on the show this morning. A little bit more relaxed than your, your average uh, breakfast morning with me. It's, yeah, we'll play a few more songs. Kind of quite reliant on your phone calls as well. You can call in about any of the, uh, the, the stuff I'm talking about. Or if you just fancy a chat. I don't want to sound desperate or anything, but we haven't got much. So, I'll give out the phone number and the uh, ways to get in touch in a bit. Some serious stuff. Some stuff has happened over the weekend. Luton Carnival passed along smoothly. But a few hours after it, a young man was stabbed to death in Marsh Farm. We'll have the latest on that. Watford play the richest game of the season today. It's worth £120 million. Can they do it? We'll be speaking to some Watford fans, including Barry from Watford, who uh, will be getting the latest on that. And with the country still in shock over the events in Woolwich, should David Cameron have gone on holiday this weekend? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR, of course. Put your name on it, otherwise it doesn't get read out. No, not on my watch. But, 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 but. The best way to get in touch is to give me a telephone call. All of the lines are free. £500 for the first caller. That's a lie. It's a lie with a BBC. We can't even give you a prize when we play Paul's Coins a bit later on. No prize, no prize. Oh, wait, four, f- oh, did I say we're playing Paul's Coins? Yes, I may have let that one slip. Oh, 08459 four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, Do give us a call if you want to talk about any of those things or if you want to put your name down to be the player of Paul's Coins. It's, the, uh, it's an MK legend. It's the game that's sweeping, literally sweeping the streets of Milton Keynes. 08459 four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've had a lovely weekend. What was I doing? Um... Oh, Saturday I was hanging out with... Oh, yesterday. I had a great yesterday. It's a few weeks until my birthday. Yeah, I know. 40 years old. Jeez. All, all of my drunken stone friends from Luton have just switched off. He's nearly 40! Turn this off, let's put heart on. Is that still going? Apparently so, apparently so. I don't know how they get away with it. Uh, so my two boys, as a pre-birthday treat, as one of my boys, well, he'd be in uh, hospital during the, my birthday, we had a pre-birthday treat, we went on a horse and carriage ride. We went on a horse and carriage ride that I knew nothing about. Even my three-year-old son... So, what's Daddy's... Uh, what, what have you got for Daddy's birthday? I can't tell you, Dada. It's a surprise. My three-year-old son says that. My mother-in-law... Can't see what's happening this weekend, Ian, but I believe you got a treat. My father-in-law... So, you're going for a horse and carriage ride tomorrow, then, are you? Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Peter, for ruining that one. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
more sad news. There's been another murder in Luton. Last night, a 20-year-old man was stabbed in the Marsh Farm area of the town. He died shortly after, uh, afterwards. Uh, our reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been looking into this. Paul, what do we know what happened? OK, well, we've uh, heard from Beds Police this morning that uh, detectives from the Beds, Cams and Hearts Major Crime Unit launched uh, a murder investigation last night following the fatal stabbing of a 20-year-old man in Luton last night. Uh, officers were called to a property in Thrales Close, which is in Marsh Farm, uh, by somebody from the ambulance service at around 20 uh, past 8, or quarter past 8, they say, after they'd received res- reports uh, that someone had been stabbed. And major, uh, you know, the firearms units then were uh, sent to the property where the victim was found with serious injuries. And he was rushed then to the Luton and Dunstable Hospital, but was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. And we uh, understand that his family have also been informed now. Uh, and what are the police saying about this? Well, on the uh, on the, the statement, they say that the Detective Chief Inspector Sean Basra is very keen to trace in any information in relation to this incident. He said that it's a brutal murder. Uh, detectives are now piecing together what happened. Uh, they go on to say that they are working with witnesses and members of the victim's family to establish what happened in the running up to the uh, stabbing, and they're urging anyone uh, with information to come forward. We understand that he's not connected to the Luton incident national carnival which also took place yesterday i was going to say i think there were maybe four or five arrests at mm. the carnival but this isn't this is not being linked in any way this is not linked no uh, not at the moment anyway and we we have no information about whether or not anyone has been arrested or if there has been any you know uh, anything else overnight that's that was the information that we had at, at just 10 to midnight last night and that's the latest information that we have police aren't saying anything else we made attempts to call them again this morning um, but that is that they're referring everything to the to the statement they've just put out this morning so um, uh, we, you know, this is the latest in another line of incidents which has oh happened dear. in Marsh Farm, which you've reported on a lot in the last uh, few months. So this will just be another... I mean, we've already seen lots of community leaders on Twitter and other social media just, you know, condemning this attack uh, and, and, and expressing their just extreme uh, disappointment and, and uh, sadness for the family. Paul, very sad news. Thank you very much indeed. Ah! Oh. It's the kind of weather that warrants a Beach Boys tune every now and then. We may get another one before nine o'clock. If I'm honest, the, the whole building here is empty. It's me, Paul's Coins, uh, Danny, and that's it for the moment. So uh, we, we're going to raid the jukebox and do us all a favour. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We will be playing um, uh, Paul's Coins later on. Uh, It's a very simple concept. There is literally no prize to be given away. We can't can't do that, I'm afraid. For legal reasons, uh, the BBC has wimped out of giving prizes to people. But you get the satisfaction of saying, you know that what? I phoned up my radio station and uh, guessed how much money was in a gentleman's pocket and nearly got it right. That... Is certainly doable. And also we'll be, uh, uh, if you're on your way to Wembley for the football, is it at Wembley? I think it is, yes. For the uh, Watford game. Do give us a call, 08459 455 555. It's very exciting. It's being billed as the richest game uh, in football. It's worth £120 million. £120 million. I, as you know, I, I know very, very little uh, about football. I have no knowledge about football at all. Uh, so I have no idea whether Watford are capable of doing this. If they have the soccer skills. To, did I tell you my way of... Um, I don't know if there is travel at, at the quarter pass on the bank holiday. I can't remember. I don't think there is. 
Um, we'll, 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 we'll keep looking. I, I, my plan, my way of making football more exciting is thus. It's called uh, Super Soccer or Double Football. And what you'd have, and this is genuinely, we don't have heads at quarter past either, I don't think. What we, the, the way to make football more exciting is Super Soccer, Double Football. You have a square football pitch, four goals on each corner. Four teams playing, okay, with one ball. But each team can, can score in three of the other goals, but they've got to protect their goal. One ball, and then uh, uh, randomly, the referee can blow a whistle, a second ball gets thrown onto the pitch. That is b- genuinely brilliant. And for years I've had this as a, fan- as a great idea, double football. Uh, to, and I, I've just never had the uh, wherewithal to get off my backside and make it happen. We should make that happen. I would love a, I would love a game of double football. Four teams... Four goals, and you've got to protect your one goal, but you can score in any of the three other goals. I would totally be up for that. I don't know how I'd go about making such a thing happen, but uh, would certainly would uh, would like to see. If anyone can make my dream come true, I've never hated a football team more than I've hated Crystal Palace today. I don't hate them. I don't hate them, but obviously I want to... Although, there's a Watford backlash. I've been getting some tweets from people saying, I don't want Watford to win. I don't want them to win. I'm guessing they may be Luton supporters or something like that. Or um, MK Dons. Anyone? Anyone? No? Oh. It's a shame. 08459 555. If you're making your way to the Watford match today, do give me a call. It's going to be a lovely day for it. Do you actually stand a chance? Are you convinced? The Bee Gees were mental, weren't they? If you, they really were. If you listen to the synthesizer, the keyboard part, in that, it's bonkers. And there was an explosion just then. They put an explosion in a song. You do that in concert, on the record. I like the Bee Gees. Um, the, the, the one that looks like a lion is, um, is doing a tour now, isn't he? But what's his... No, that's not Morris. Is that Barry? Barry. Barry's doing a little tour. Speaking of pop stars, uh, there's, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Neil Diamond, OK? I was brought up in a Neil Diamond household. It wasn't owned by him. My parents just liked him quite a lot, OK? I've been to see him... I used to go and see him in the 80s and the 90s on the pretense of, I'm taking my mum. I'm taking my mum. Take, take my mum to see Neil Diamond. I'll take my mum. But now I have to drag her to Neil Diamond concerts. I love him. I think he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One of the greatest. Can't listen to Neil Diamond at the moment because we played some at my dad's funeral. So I, some came on the iPod shuffle at the weekend. Like, oh, oh, I can't listen to it. But, but, he's always, he's always looked kind of quite... He's 73, 72. He's always looked quite sprightly and quite, quite fit on stage for a 72-year-old man. Not in page three of the Daily, Ma- Daily Mail, he doesn't. Oh, my goodness gracious me. What on earth... I, I mean, I... <laughs> Where are those gorgeous locks he had in the movie The Jazz Singer? Have you seen that? That's a good film. We're going to watch The Jazz Singer together. Oh, it's a good film. I have no son. Uh, But look, page three of the Daily Mail, there is uh, Neil Diamond on a grocery trip in Malibu. It would be Malibu, wouldn't it? Holding uh, what looks like a Starbucks, uh, a purse, and a brown paper bag. And uh, boy, oh boy. He looks haggard. You know, I think if you have too much uh, Botox in your face, you can't grow a beard properly. I think he's got that kind of look that says, I can't, grow, I can't grow a beard properly. I've got Botox in my face. That's not a beard. Uh, and it, it, his uh, hair is a little... He's 72 years old. What I'm saying is... A 72-year-old man looks old. <laughs> it's not news, really, when you analyse it like that. But, um, yes, I was a bit shocked by that. Now... 
Watford are on the verge of winning the richest prize in football. No, not my heart. It's a place in the Premier League. They'll be at Wembley later to take on Crystal Palace in the Championship Playoff Final. If you're going today, do give me a call. 08459 455 555. The winner will play the likes of Manchester United, Chelsea and Manchester City, teams that even I've heard of, and receive a package worth around £120 million. The loser goes back to the Championship. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to excited fans through gritted teeth. He hates you all. If I'm honest, it, it's true. He's a Luton supporter, so when I asked him to do this, he gave me the look of death and was like, do I have to? Yes, you do. Anyway, he was speaking to fans ahead of the game. Oh, no, he wasn't. i tell you why. We've got a little problem with our computer. If I just drag the... Don't panic, Mr Mannering! If we drag this down here, no-one will notice... Justin Dealey has been speaking to excited fans ahead of the game. Across bed. You're fired! Scoins, you're fired! What happened? You, you are fired. I don't do this often. Okay, we'll do it again. Justin Dealey has been speaking to excited fans through gritted teeth. He doesn't like you. He's a Luton fan. So when I asked him to do it, he gave me the look of death. He said, do I have to, girl? I said, yes, you do. Anyway, Justin Dealey has been speaking to excited fans ahead of the game. I don't think they noticed anything. Excited. We'll do it. Yeah, we've got two. Three, two. So, Matt, on Monday, can you do it against the Palace? What do you think? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be easier than it was against Leicester. I think it'll be a tight game, and I think we might just squeeze it 2-1. OK, Kevin Phillips, has the script almost been written for him, though? Um, could be. I, mean, I remember him playing here. Could be. I mean, he scored the equaliser here in the draw earlier in the season, so... Um, and he's also had quite a few playoff heartaches as well, so maybe it's his time. Very nervous. I think it's going to be very tight. Possibly a draw, which is not going to look too good. OK, so extra time, then what? I don't know. <laughs> Wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Have you booked Tuesday off of work? I have, actually. Yeah. Really excited, to be honest with you. I've been a Hornets fan since I was a young lad, so most of my family who are coming uh, on Monday, and the 12 of us going in total, so uh, we're really looking forward to it, and the way we've been playing, I think we could uh, storm through Palace. Really? You're that confident? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, when you see how we can play, I don't think you need confidence. You just... Uh, you just well, look, look at the Leicester game, for example. I think uh, that says it all, doesn't it? Show me your fingernails, because they won't be there on Monday, will they? There's one there to bite, <laughs> as you can see. But all the rest, as you can see from Leicester, only just growing back. <laughs> well, here's Luke with his huge Watford scarf on. Luke, how old are you? Eleven. I always trust kids' predictions when it comes to football. What's the score going to be on Monday afternoon? I think it'll be 3-2 to Watford. Who's going to score the goals? Well, I think Vigil might get a hat-trick. Of course, there's a little bit of nerves, but I think that through, throughout the whole season we've played the better football than Crystal Palace, but they do have some danger men, so it can go either way, really. And at the start of the season, you never thought you'd be in this position, did you, surely? <laughs> well, no, after, after this last season, finishing 11th, I thought what Sean Dice did was a miracle job, and then at the start of the season when the players weren't gelling at all and we were getting beat 5-1 by Derby, I was thinking, oh God, hopefully it's just a containing season. So yeah, it's special to get here. Obviously gutted not to go up um, automatically, but if at the start of the season they said third place, you'd have yeah. taken it straight away. So and I've been asking people as well, have you booked Tuesday off of work? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so win or lose, you've got Tuesday off of work to either celebrate or to drown yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, are you going to go to the match today? Are you excited? Do you actually stand a chance? Be honest with me. 08459 455 555. Uh, Dave and Martin have texted, Hi, we're working today as well in Cranfield. We're cleaning welly bins. Yippee! I think they mean wheelie beans. BBC Three Counties Radio, bring you more at seven. You can't start yeah. a, a news thing. Well, so I've been hearing... I didn't say so I've been hearing. 
So we've been hearing, I said. No, uh, you... Sport, you mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> steady on, girl, calm down. <laughs> you said, so, I've been hearing... Yeah. Dot, 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 you can't do that. People oh. are looking to you for the fact. That's like, that's like me coming on... <laughs> so, I heard on Twitter that a bomb went we've off. We've been hearing, as in earlier, didn't we just hear from Justin Dealey there? I don't know reporting. What, my ears kind of switch off when Dealey's uh, uh, Mockney accent comes on the radio. I don't know why. Mockney. Yes. Yeah, well, that's what I was referring to, as we, we've just heard from those people, haven't we? Lovely people are all rooting for Watford. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Are you drunk? <laughs> no, but I was at the carnival yesterday. There we I go. Think, I think we're a bit, um, yeah, I think the sun got to me slightly. Yes, I think it would do. Speak to you later. Bye. Ta-ta. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between now and seven o'clock... We'll be uh, talking about the Watford game that's taking place today. If you're on your way, do give me a call, 08459 455555. Also asking the question, with the country, disarray is a strong word, but, but still in a state of shock after the events last week in Woolwich. David Cameron's nicked off for a cheeky holiday in Ibiza. I, listen, I know practically he can't actually do anything while he's here, but symbolically... Shouldn't he be here? Should David Cameron have gone on holiday this weekend? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now this song popped up on my uh, my iPod the other day, and my little boy was singing along to it. It's one of the most joyous, slightly cheesy, uh, vaguely humorous songs I've ever heard, and I love it. And it's perfect for this weather. We can breathe easy. That's the bare naked ladies. If I had a million dollars, it wasn't the version I knew. And as soon as it started, I held my breath slightly, worrying that they may have dropped a little swear in there. They didn't, which is something. But do you know what? In my car. I'm declaring it National Bare Naked Ladies Day today. Oh, yes, I'm going to be playing all of their songs in my car. So f- feel free to join me. It's a silver polo. Room for three, possibly four more, if one of them's tiny. Now, Luton Carnival went off without a hitch in a positive story for the town in the wake of a number of recent shootings. In previous years, it's been one of the biggest events in the three counties, attracting up to 200,000 people. Well, this year it was scaled down and the procession shortened, but it didn't stop people enjoying themselves. Here's a flavour of the day. No, I don't think anybody's noticing. Nobody's noticing. Tim's not noticing. Look, Tim's not noticing. Paul, you didn't notice, did you? What? No swap? Exactly. Anyway, here's a flavour of the day. Well, there wasn't that... Uh, listen, uh, uh, Tim, you heard there, give, uh, giving it large, I believe, and uh, actually drinking a drink. Wow, that counts as radio these days. Tim having a drink live on the radio? Well, Tim is filling in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith this morning, and I think always think he's a cracking listen. He'll be coming in later on. We'll see if we can get him to have a drink live on air on my show. This is obviously a ratings winner. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's going on a hotkey. Well, uh, morning to you as well, Tim. I can see Tim just setting up in the studio over there, and he's uh, waving at me and smiling, his cheeky little grin. This is actually going out on the, on the BBC radio now. I'm getting paid your licence fee to sit here and talk this guy. If you went to the carnival... Listen, we've got lots of serious news and bad news and things about Luton at the moment. If you went to the carnival and you want to share your carnival story, then do give me a phone call. 08459 455 555. By all accounts, it was marvellous. I hear the figures were a little bit down on what they expected. One report I said they were expecting 50,000. It may have been as low as 5,000. That's not been confirmed. I don't know if that's true. It's certainly something we'll be looking into over the next few days, I'm sure. But if you went, 
Uh, let, let's let's celebrate the magic, shall we? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Did you go to the carnival? Uh, and what did you think? Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy it? Was it fun? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. And some of you have done on the subject of should David Cameron have gone away on a jolly this weekend? He's chillaxing in Ibiza. Phil said, no, he shouldn't have gone. There's still a job to do. Oh, no, yes, he should... Hang on, is Phil saying yes or no? I'll read it and we'll make our minds up. Yes, there's still a job to do and he can delegate. And Johnson, John says, there's always something happening in the UK. He's allowed a holiday, just like the rest of us. And I do feel safer knowing that Cameron is out of the country. And then he's done a colon and a closed bracket. And, oh, if I turn my head to one side, it looks like a smiley face. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, there's a song. There's a song. Who would have thought we'd be playing the band and up on Cripple Creek on a bank holiday Monday on BBC Three Counties Radio? Well, we are. Well, we are indeed. Good morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What did you think to that, Barry from Watford? I thought it was absolutely smashing. Did you enjoy that? Very, very much. Were you, were you singing along? No. But I enjoyed it. Don't know the word. <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, mainly, um, I like, you know, Perry Como. Yes. I like, um, you know, he's not as popular as he was nowadays. People are very comophobic. But the thing is, <laughs> I, like, I like easy listening. Yes. Easy listening. Yeah. I like uh, Dunican. I like Como, Crosby. Are you a uh, homosexual? <laughs> yeah, get there five minutes after I did. Oh, I'm sorry, I took but, yeah, Now, what I like on a day like today, yes. Elton John. <laughs> oh, I see what you've done there. I've segued nicely yes. into talking about Elton John because today is the day his team, Watford, and my team, and all your listeners' team are going to Wembley. I just hope, you know, you if, if I am at Wembley, don't, whatever you do, if Watford at Wembley, don't sit behind Elton, because with that Marie Antoinette wig, you can't see, you can't see your feet. I, I don't, I don't think he necessarily wears that anymore. It's not 1982 anymore, is it? Well, he does. I've seen him oh. in Watford wearing it. He can't get on the bus with it. They won't let him on. So um, you're a Watford fan, are you, Barry? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like is that, that was going nowhere, so I thought I'd save you. So you're a what? <laughs> you're a yeah. Is you, that, yes. Yes, you're a Watford fan, are you? Yes, the clues in the name, and I'm from Watford. Oh, I see. I'm very much I've supported them for years. You went to the last Watford game, didn't you? The semis. I went to the semi against Leicester. Cheats never prosper, and that's how Watford won it. And today, this morning, I, I woke up with a knot in my stomach. Ooh. Basically, yeah, nasty. But I, I woke up, you know, six o'clock, bang on six o'clock. Wah, wah, wah. Why Margaret does that in my ear first thing in the morning? But what I'm going to do, we're going to have a what for breakfast. What does that mean? It's a red, uh, a red, black and yellow breakfast. I'll do the yellow of the egg. I'll do a black pudding. And I'll do ketchup. And we'll celebrate in the, in the, the, the breakfast of the world for colours. <laughs> sounds disgusting. Hello? Well, it, 
It's a little thing called loyalty, mate. And it just gets the thing going, and we're going to feel nice, and we're going to go off to Wembley. Yeah. And, Do, does and, uh, okay, I'm, I'm oh, speaking now. Oh, it's, no, it's my show. My, okay, yes, you that, speak. I will do. Thank you. If you yes. shut up for a second, I'll, I will. If you let me get a word in. Your turn. Thank you very much. So, go. I will. Speak. I am now, so shut it. Here we go. Okay. So, do Watford stand a chance, really, against the mighty Crystal Palace? Oh, of course they do. We've got all manner of foreign people who have been drafted in the team on loan, probably illegally. <laughs> and, yes, I think we will. We'll be triumphant. We've got... And what, not only that, I'm wearing my lucky scarf, my lucky hat, lucky pendant, lucky key ring, lucky trousers, lucky shoes. I've got lucky trainers I wear for what for match. Margaret's got a lucky pants on that she wore for the 84 Cup final. She wore them in 2006 when we went up. She wore them at the semis and she's wearing them today. They've gone a bit in the gusset area, but they really are lucky. And I hope... I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think you can say gusset on uh, BBC I Local Radio. Yeah, so I beg your pardon. But they're very lucky and that's all you need to know. That's all we need to know. Uh, do, do you have any special rituals, apart from wearing your, your lucky clothes? I know lots of fans have rituals, don't they? Well, I'll stick on a bit of Elton. Yeah. Um, I'll go, I'll go twice round the garden with my Watford hat on. Yeah. I, you turn round twice, spit, swear, and, and I've got, I'll look at my lucky picture of Luther Blissett, and Matt should do it. I like Luther Blissett. He had some cracking records in the 70s, didn't he? Oh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is Elton John associated with Watford anymore? Of course. Oh. He, well, he used to be the chairman. Yes. Um, and then, up, when, up until a few seasons ago, he was playing in the forward line. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, <laughs> I, uh, unless you've got anything else you need to say about Watford, I feel we've exhausted that. Oh, OK. Well, what I don't know. can I help you with? <laughs> I'll save your show. Save it? No one's phoning in. No, listen. I'm trying to help. Well, trying is, is the, the way. Well what, po- well, what else can I help you with? Well, we're, 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 intro- we're reintroducing a game that was played a long, long time ago on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's called Paul's Paul... Collins. Sorry? Paul's Collins. That, yes, it is. Do well, you... let me play it. What do I have to do? Well, Paul's, Paul's Coins is here. Paul, how oh. do we play Paul's Coins? Well, Ian, it's simple. Uh, it's the ultimate what's-in-my-pocket phone-in, because it's how many coins are in my pocket. And I oh, will, I see. I will jangle them for you, Barry. So you're going to jangle. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's oh, be quiet. That really is a rather unpleasant sight, what I'm seeing there. Okay. You heard him, you heard uh, Paul's coins. You see, you, no, hang on, Paul's coins. I'm confused now. Jangling. What, what, what's your name? Paul's coins. Okay. So you heard, you heard Paul's. Oh, I've just got it. It yeah. sounds like your name. Yeah. So, yes. Shall I tell you where it came from? Yeah, go on. Well, you know, occasionally you Google yourself, right? I mean, I, I've done it once. And when I did do that, um, a, a website came up www.paulscoins.com whoa. I thought whoa hang on how yeah. can there be another one because um, it's quite a rare name anyway I clicked on the link and it was some bloke called Paul and his collection of coins brilliant oh was, was it JVS who was up for a Sony I hope they're listening I hope the panel's listening to this this has been optioned on living Go on, yeah. uh, I, from, from where I'm sitting, yeah. that sounded like quite a few coins, I'll be honest. Okay, well, you, you need to be a little bit more specific. Than, here it comes again. 
how many, how much yeah. money do you think Paul has got in coins in his pocket in the game we're playing Paul's coins? Is several coins not acceptable? No, you need to, we need a sum. I need a sum from you. Okay, let me have a think. Start the clock. Is there a clock? There is no clock. Well, there should be in terms of your show, mate. There we go. Let me see. Six coins! I'm getting six coins! No, but we know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need, no, we we need, need a, t- a financial total. Oh. I it sounded like there was a 50p in there, Changlin. Right. <sighs> just say a, say a monetary figure. I'm just thinking, well, Ian. I know, uh, but, you know, come on. One pound fifty-three pence. No. That's incorrect. It's, it's incorrect. That's incorrect, I'm afraid, Barry. How long does this game go on for? One forty-seven. <laughs> no, you only get one one crack of the whip. Two sixty-three. No, every four pound fifteen. Every figure you incorrectly three pounds su- ten. Every figure you incorrectly suggest, you have to send to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have made that clear. Yeah, well, we may not have made oh, that clear, but that is actually oh, a rule. Yeah. In terms oh, and so conditions. The BBC won't give out any money, but no. we are allowed to contribute to funds. Your, your license. Is literally paying for this. Listen, son, I do not pay my license fee, admittedly, but if I did, <laughs> I would. Are you going to the game today, Barry? Very much so. You're not, are you? No. Thanks for calling. Bye, everyone. Bye bye. 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 Well, there you you heard Paul Scoynes shaking his pocket, jangling his change. You can play at home as well. How much money is in Paul's pocket? 08459 455 555. I have to stress, there is literally no prize available. No prize whatsoever. Now this will be rather clunky because the computer isn't working But trust me, I know what I'm doing I'm a professional Again, there's no slick way of doing it So I'm just going to do this Hang on a second Oh dear me, the com- your computer is... Uh, there we go Oh dear It's a bank holiday What do you expect? Professionalism? Morning, this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Lots coming up Including the latest on that stabbing in Luton and Did you go to the carnival? We'll talk more after the news with Serena. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Are you done? Yeah, thanks. That's normally the, the, your cue, actually, to press a button. Let's get the job done and move on. Thanks very much. Thanks. Yeah. A little bit tense, don't worry. It's just for us to sort out. So don't you worry about that. That's our problem. Serena and I have issues and we will sort through them and not let it affect our on-air relationship. We are indeed what I like to call professionals. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I say professionals with a very small P, written in italics, in inverted commas. It's been nothing but slapdash this morning. Slap dash. Computers failing, my skills failing. Ah, we'll get through it. It's a bank holiday, for goodness sakes. Everything's a little bit more relaxed. Lots coming up, though, between now and eight o'clock, including... Luton Carnival went off yesterday. I think there were four or five arrests. It went quite smoothly, although numbers apparently were down. We'll hopefully get the full figures um, probably tomorrow, I would imagine. But a couple of hours after the carnival, 
Young lad, 20-year-old, was stabbed and murdered in Marsh Farm. We'll have the latest on that. Watford played the richest game of football in the world. Ah, not quite the world. But it's worth £120 million to them. Are you going to the game this morning? If you are, do give me a call. 08459 455 555. And also, David Cameron's popped off to Ibiza for a jolly this weekend. Now, practically, there's not very much that he can do in the wake of the events in Woolwich. But, should he have gone away? Should David Cameron be on holiday this weekend? If this was America, Obama would be down in Woolwich, shaking hands, popping to the local mosque, popping to the local church, going up to the army barracks, walking the streets, buying some jelly deals. He'd be doing all of that. The best we could do was send Boris. Should David Cameron be on holiday? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text. 81333, start your text 3CR, or give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A little bit more music than normal uh, today. I must, I've, I've just been reminded, I, I said uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Friday morning show, we had a young lady called Maisie Berry come in, uh, who was excellent. Excellent. And she thrust a CD in my hand. Normally when I'm given a CD, I give it short shrift. But uh, she thrust a CD in my hand and said, you must, you, c- can you play one of these? So I'm going to play a song that she did uh, at some point in this hour. I believe it's a Queen song. I've, I've um, had a little check through that uh, in a bit. 08459 455 555. You can call up about any of the things we're talking about. Or if you just, you know, you fancy a chat, you can give us a call. Katie's from Leighton Buzzard. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Ian. Katie, what, what have you called in for? <laughs> oh, I'm worried. To, to ask you another silly question. OK, go on. The last one I asked you was about the five beans, how many beans make oh, five. This is, this, hang on a second. Paul, this woman... Th- Paul Scoynes <laughs> is producing today. This Whoa. woman is banned, Paul. Really? <laughs> this is Katie, who... She, she wasted a whole show with a nonsense question oh, once. I, I'm sorry. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's hopefully, let's hopefully you've got something... You didn't waste the whole show, Katie, I'm teasing you, no. but it was very frustrating. Yes, I remember it very well. What have you got for me today? Well, I've got for you today a simple one. Okay. What will go up a drain pipe down... Sorry? But won't come down a drain pipe up. An umbrella. Oh, you've got that next, one. Next, right, next, next. Right. What is red, Ooh. white... No, black, white and red... All over. A newspaper, next. Oh, I, where did you... Are you, in, are you sitting in my chair, looking at my words? <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that, yes, I am, Katie. I'm no, sitting uh, in your chair, looking at your words. Yeah. How does that, how does that make you feel? No, you've got to, man. I'm going to have to find some more. Oh, have I, have I completely done you out there? You have. Oh. They're, they're ones that I used to have when I was a child. Exactly. I remember those from a child very, very well. I, I was never very good at those kind of riddles, but I remember those ones. Yeah. I, I tell you what, Katie, can we... It, it's seven minutes past seven. Can we give you a call just after half past seven and see if you've got any more for us? Uh, well, you can. I may not be here, though. Oh, oh <laughs> why? Are you, what's, are you poorly? What's going on? Uh-huh. 
Well, it's not that. Oh. I might be in the shower. Oh, Katie, I say, how raunchy. Okay. I, have to have a, I have to have a shower. I'm um, disabled and I have to have someone to help me. Oh, you've got, you, have you got a carer coming round at some yeah, point? Well, a helper. A helper. Yeah, helper. Okay, well, we, we, we will try and call you a bit later this morning, Katie, because okay. I, do li- I do like your riddles. They, uh, they frustrate me and annoy me. And I'm, I'm very chuffed that I managed to get the first two you've you throw at me. You've got two of them, but um, at the moment, my mind is a blank. It's like cotton wool. <laughs> Don't tell me about it. It's You're a horror. I'll think of some more Ooh. later on. Katie, I think you may be my nemesis, but it's lovely to talk to you. Take care, t- Katie. Okay. We'll speak okay, later. Ian. There we go. Katie from Leighton Buzzard. Trying to fox me with her riddles. Those are probably the only two riddles I could ever get. I'm rubbish at those things. My head can't do... I'll think laterally. Uh, what? I only got those because I remember them from uh, from being a kid. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you, if you listen, it's a bank holiday Monday. We're slightly chilled here. We're doing what David Cameron's doing in Ibiza. No, not that. We're chillaxing. Don't even know what that means. But if you want to, if you've got a riddle you want to throw at me, then you give it your best shot. I'm feeling on form this morning. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. And also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Now, there's been another murder in Luton. Last night, a 20-year-old man was stabbed in the Marsh Farm area of the town. He died shortly afterwards. Our reporter, Paul Scoynes, has more on this. Paul, what, what do we know? Well, Ian, uh, detectives from the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire, Hertfordshire Major Crime Unit have launched a murder investigation, they say, following the fatal stabbing of a man in Luton last night. Uh, officers were called to a property in Thrales Close in Marsh Farm uh, by colleagues from the ambulance service at around quarter past eight last night after the uh, colleagues from the ambulance service had received reports that someone had been stabbed. Uh, the police then sent firearms unit to the property uh, where the victim was found with serious injuries. Uh, he was rushed to the Luton and Dunstable Hospital but was pronounced dead shortly afterwards and uh, his family have been informed. What are police saying about the incident? Well, Detective Chief Inspector Sean Basra is keen to trace any information in relation to this incident. DCI Basra says it was a brutal murder and detectives are now piecing together what happened. They say they're working with witnesses members of the victim's family to establish just what happened in the run-up to the incident and they are urging anyone uh, to come forward with any information with, that they may have and they've issued a number of numbers uh, and a text number as well and also uh, to call the Bedfordshire 101 number or Crime Stoppers as well. They are looking for any information according to this. We do not know yet whether or not anyone has been arrested, anyone has been linked in, in, in relation to this. What we know is that it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the proceedings yesterday in Luton where there was the carnival of course and, and uh, that, that, that has not been linked by the police in any way so we, we at the moment it's very early we don't know quite the, the full background to this but we do know that uh, unfortunately it would seem another uh, young man has been uh, murdered in Luton. Paul thank you very much we can uh, we're joined now by Sandra Glenn who is a community leader in Luton. Uh, Sandra what's your reaction to this sad news? Very, very tragic and um, definitely, obviously, really gutted for the family and the friends of the young person concerned. It came after people were feeling a little bit of a, um, a high after the fact that we had a gorgeous sunny day and successful carnival with successful police in, and it didn't. It wasn't part of the carnival um, incidents, but because it, it came a few hours after the end of the carnival. But unfortunately, it does sort of mar the day and it mars the, the fact that Luton seemed to be moving on a little bit into another space, you know? 
It is very sad. With all of this horrible news we've had about kids killing kids and, and all of this stuff, it, it did seem that on that one day, nice weather, the carnival, music, food, people dancing, that just for that one day, all of this nonsense could be put to one side. And then a few hours later, not connected, but on the same day, this goes, this happens. Yeah. yeah it takes you right back. And obviously, the family and friends of the young person concerned, we, we feel for you. Everybody is devastated. Um, to use a long, young life is just, is just is tragic, and, yeah. What can the community do, Sandra? Well, we have, as you know, made some steps towards uh, forming an organisation to help with some of the solutions and the prevention work. It's a community organisation. It will be a community co-op in partnership with the police and the council, and that's the African-Caribbean Strategic Partnership, but it's not about just African-Caribbean, it's about the wider issues. But um, on top of that, it's about a coming together of the minds for a multi-faceted solution. It's not just one pronged. It's going to take more than, than just one organisation or one set of people to, to try and reach the youth involved in this. And, and unfortunately, this may be linked. It hasn't been confirmed by the police yet, but it's not about members of the public being at risk because it's about certain individuals. Um, so it's targeted, I believe, and... So people should go about their normal business and not feel like they're going to be at risk. Is the suggestion then, Sandra, that this is gang-related, as a lot of the previous incidents have been? Um, no, I'm just going. By, I'm going by the age of the person right. and the fact that they, 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 they may have been. That they are. Well, I do know they're friends with other people that are friends. So I'm just making my own assumptions that yeah, that you're not at risk in the, if you're in the wider community. It's about people picking on certain people. I do think I can say that people today can just go about their business, but be sad and and feel that we just have to get to grips with this problem. Did you go to the carnival yesterday, Sandra? I did. Let's try and put a positive spin on on, on, on mm-hmm. yesterday. It wasn't all, all doom and gloom. What, what did you make of the carnival? Absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Uh, yes. It was looting at its best. It was all the young people that put all the efforts into making the costumes, the parents behind those young people who helped to fund the schools, the groups, the uh, community groups, the, uh, the different diversities of the persons and the costumes totally represented what, what Luton is known for. We are vibrant, we're, we have a great time, we have a family atmosphere, we, we just really have, we give, it, we give it our best no matter what. And uh, well done to the people of Luton and the organisations behind the carnival for putting on such a splendid day. Well, there's, there's, there's some positivity in, in, in uh, yesterday and ended uh, in tragedy with that young lad uh, being stabbed. Not related to the carnival, but uh, coincidentally happening on the same day. Sandra Glenn, thank you very much for coming on this morning. There's a song. There's a song. Imagine writing that. Imagine you'd written this song. Written this song. You'd give up after that, wouldn't you? And in many ways, Ray Davis did. Ray Davis, the grumpiest man in rock. Fantastic. Love it. Now, huge day for Hornets fans. Watford go head-to-head with Crystal Palace at Wembley for a a place in the Premier League. The Championship playoff final kicks off at three o'clock and is being dubbed the richest game in world football. If Watford win, they're set to receive a package worth around £120 million, including money from TV deals, sponsorship and higher ticket sales. Well, here's a reminder of how the Hornets beat Leicester in their semi-final second leg at Vicarage Road. Well, uh, Luke and uh, Jeffrey, you heard their commentating... 
were rushed to hospital immediately after that game. They are well enough to commentate on the game today. Although, get this, Jeff, he's, he's on holiday in Cornwall. He's driving to Wembley from Cornwall today just for the game and then going back this evening. That is dedication you can only get on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, Watford fan John Mooney is one of the editors of the Watford podcast from the Rookery End. Morning, John. Morning, Ian. How are you feeling today? Uh, so far, so good. Um, but when you played that clip of that goal, it, it sort of, the, the, the feelings of nerves and tension started to build within me. Is, is it set you all a quiver? Uh, literally, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was such a magical moment. I went from the, the pit of going, we're out, there's going to score a penalty, not a chance. I started to write text messages to my wife to say, expect the worst when I get home, oh. uh, in my mood. And then, uh, within 30 seconds... Was was I must have been making some noises to 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 the boys on the on the clip there, um, right in the rookery end. It was uh, it was a great moment. So. Are they going to do it today, John? If Watford turn up uh, and play the the amazing football that we've seen and then play this year, yes, and quite comfortably. Um, we're a better team than Crystal Palace uh, on paper. Um, what about on grass? On grass. Uh, depends if it's that fake grass, but right. on, on normal grass, we're really good as well. Um, uh, but the, you know, but it's, it's a it's a one-off game. It, it isn't. You know, it doesn't matter what's gone before. It doesn't matter we we beat them the first game of the season. We got we're better across all the games in the in the uh, in the championship this year. It's a one-off game. Uh, they've got quite a shrewd manager. He could do some good things uh, to sort of to, to beat the the passing Watford sexy football. But uh, who knows? But if what to do, what they do, it'll be really good. Well, John, you mentioned their manager, Ian Holloway. Well, he, he's mm. been critical of, of Watford, haven't they, in, in the way that Watford used the loan system. Yeah, he kind of went on like a, a moaning little um, schoolgirl about it for a bit too long. He, uh, yeah, he was obsessed with the, with, with, with the, with the loophole. The so loophole we explain this got. to me, John. So what is it? You've got players that don't belong to you from overseas. Well, what happened is, like, last summer, Watford got bought by a, an Italian family, and they own um, a lot of footballers. they got a club in Italy called Udinese, a club in Spain called Granada. Um, and uh, over the summer, Watford signed about 10, 13 of them, I think, in the end we signed 13 in the end, uh, as, technically as loans. Uh, and that's what the, the bits of paper that, that went on. Uh, and as they are um, from another country, they're international loans, the Football League see them as a permanent signing, right. not a loan. But if we loan someone, say, from uh, Chelsea, who we have done, Nathaniel Chaloba, he's a loanee, and you can only have a certain number of loanees in a, in a match day squad. So he didn't like it because he was going, oh, we, we, we were sort of, we found a loophole, but... You know, if your you football club is owned by the same man that another one's owned by, he owns the players. So, you know, it, 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 you know they're, they're they're not. Loaning. But John, if Crystal Palace were doing this, you'd be calling them cheats, wouldn't you? Well, they they they've got their fair share of loanies as well. <laughs> they uh, their big man Wilfred Zaha. They, this, is, this is weird. Go on. A weird thing in football. They they sell Wilfred Zaha to Manchester United for fifteen million pounds, yeah. and then they loaned him back for the that's, rest of the season. That's genius. So they've they've used the loan system in just a slightly different way. And and thing is, uh, football clubs of our level have to. They yeah. don't have a lot of money. They haven't won the hundred twenty million that we're going to win later on yet. So they need to do things that sort of make them survive. What? And what for the being had loan had loanies for for a good few years now. What's your plan for today? Uh, we're going to get the train about eleven, uh, head in uh, not straight to Wembley, uh, and and meet and congregate uh, somewhere I think near West Hampstead, and then we're going to we're going to go to Wembley. 
probably hopefully get in there for probably about two, so we get a little bit of the build-up. Oh, you're a real um, football fan. You put that that extra syllable in the word Wembley. You call it Wembley. Wembley, yeah, you have to spell it. Are you going to be those annoying football fans on trains that we see all the time? They're all boozed up and shouting. Um, oh, I was thinking about how much how much should we drink before it, because you want to remember it. You don't want to be too boozy. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I'm going to be overly boozy, but I, I'm, I've, I suppose I could be taken up by the, 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 the situation, the moments okay. uh, of other football fans. And just remind us very briefly, if you can do it briefly, of mm. your, your rituals that you follow to, to ensure that your team win. You know what? I've got a, I've got a mug, but I'm, I wore a T-shirt at the last game yeah. I went to. I didn't wear my contact lenses at the last game either. So... One of my, my co-hosts on the podcast, he says, I'm not, I've got to wear the T-shirt and I'm not allowed to wear contact lenses. Oh. But so you I, won't I, see I, it? Well, I can sort of see what's happening. I just can't see the detail. I'm not that blind. But he says, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wear them, unfortunately. But I've got... Uh, I've oh, got, John, uh, if, if the they lose, because you've got your contacts in, that's all your fault. Well, no, the worst one is Jason, who's the other one who does a podcast with yeah. us. He was away for the last game. So Mike was thinking about buying him a weekend break and a bank holiday in oh. the Peak District, but Jason's coming as well. Oh, he's so insisted. Well, yeah, he it says it's a big game. So selfish. It, my contact le- my contact lenses are going to be outtrumped easily by um, by, by Jason. But we've got coming to the game a guy called Curtis who we met because he listens to the podcast. Yeah. He's from Denver in Colorado. Oh wow! He's, he's, he's and I met a couple other Hornets from around the world last night. Actually, he has never seen Watford lose. He's seen Watford draw a couple of times, but never seen Watford lose. So we're guaranteed to win because Curtis has come all There's the way. There's a lot of pressure on Curtis's American soldiers. John, give uh, g- give the uh, the podcast a plug. Uh, what's it called and where can people find it? Uh, it's called From, from the Rookery End. Uh, it's on iTunes, so we search From the Rookery End or the website's fromtherookeryend.com. John, thank you very much indeed. Best of luck. Enjoy it. John's podcast is on iTunes. Mine isn't yet. The BBC literally need to flick a switch that they forgot to do. So you can't search for mine on iTunes. Thanks, BBC. Look, if John, from, who's got his own little podcast he does in his bedroom, can do it, but why can't the BBC? That's John Mooney from uh, the Rookery End. Good luck to all Watford fans this morning. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a bank holiday show. It's, it, it's as relaxed as David Cameron is on his holes wearing his uh, shorts and his sandals. He's wearing sandals this time. He's got sandals on with the, uh, the rather, dare I say it, yes I do, the rather yummy Samantha Cameron. I know. I know I do. I have a little soft spot. I know. I had a soft spot for Cherie Blair as well. I, there's something about Sam Cam that says I can. Uh, lots coming up, uh, even though it's slightly laid back, including we'll be playing Paul's coins a little bit later on. You have to try and guess how many coins or what the total of the uh, financial uh, coinage is in Paul's pockets. 08459 555. Did you go to the Luton Carnival yesterday? Raging success. Numbers were down. We hear they were expecting 50,000. May have been as few as 5,000 that turned up. I don't know if that's for sure. We'll, no doubt we'll be following that story throughout the week. But if you went, 08459 455 555. Now, a couple of weeks ago, a young lady called Maisie Berry came in to uh, play us some music on a Friday. Friday, uh, the last 15 minutes of the show, we get some uh, local talent cut to come in and play us a few songs. Well, she came in, she thrust a CD in my hand and said, All right, mate, can you play this on, on your show? That's exactly how she speaks. And I was like, 
Yeah, why the hell not? So, here we go. This is Maisie Berry. Now then, Tim has uh, just sent me a message. Tim, of course, will be um, filling in for JVS this morning, and uh, we'll see if we can persuade him to pop in and uh, just give us a little clue as to what he's talking about. Now, Luton Carnival went off without a hitch in uh, what's being seen as a positive story for the town in the wake of a number of shootings. In previous years, it's been one of the biggest events in the three counties, attracting up to 200,000 people. This year it was scaled down and the procession shortened, but it didn't stop people enjoying themselves. Here's a flavour of the day. My favourite bit of this package is uh, when you get to hear Tim slurping on a lovely, lovely drink. It really does sound delicious. And I've just got to say, oh, it's here. Look, hang on one second. Thank you very much indeed. Once again, nobody noticed. There we go. That's uh, Tim Wheeler's summary of the event. And uh, boy, it sounds like he had fun. If you did go this uh, weekend, do give me a call. 08459 uh, is the phone number. Apparently numbers were down. They're expecting 50,000. I've heard reports of 5,000. Uh, we don't know that specifically. We'll be looking into that uh, over the week, no doubt, and uh, following it. Oh, look, Catherine Boyle, the uh, former newsreader here at BBC Three Counties Radio, has sent me an offensive text. Well, I shan't be reading that out. On the subject of carnival, should we play a, a, a Rio-inspired song? Yes, let's. This is just wonderful. The first proper pop video, by the way, as well. Yes, yes, it was. Yes. Fact fans. Oh, that song's got me all... I love that song. Michael Nesmith and Rio. Yes, please, we'll have some of that. Tim's filling in for JVS this morning. It's always a cracking listener. Genuinely a a big fan of when he has to fill in for whatever reason. So make sure you do stay tuned. Now, earlier on, we, uh, we had some riddles. I got the riddles straight away. There was no way those ones were going to get past me. Well, Sandra has uh, picked up the riddle gauntlet. Huh? And sent these in. I think these are just random words she's typed into sentences. Here's one. How far will a blind dog walk into a forest? What does that mean? How far will a blind dog walk into a forest? I... I, I need some help with this. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't want to turn this into, um, you know, proper local radio where we we do a rolling quiz where I set a question, you answer it, then you set someone else a question. But this, the, things like this annoy me. How far will a blind dog walk into a forest? That's the first one. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The second one she sent me is, what happens when you throw a yellow rock into a purple stream? Oh. What on earth is a purple stream? What's a yellow rock? Is this, is this something... Is this clever? Is this supposed to be clever? Because I am not clever. What happens when you throw a yellow rock into a purple stream? Now, the thing I find with riddles is... You hear the answer and you go... Oh, really? What? Oh, for goodness sakes, grow up. And I, I pretend I'm not bothered by them, but... I am bothered by these. So thank you, Sandra, for annoying me. If you know the answer to either of these, 08459 455 555. What happens when you throw a yellow rock into a purple stream is the first one. And unrelated, how far will a blind dog walk into a forest? And if they're annoying answers, then Sandra, you'll be banned. I have the power to ban people from listening to this show. Uh, By the way... As I did mention earlier on, there is now a podcast of this show, the best bits, in inverted commas, of the show. Uh, and as someone on Facebook says, well, Ian Lee can't do, uh, can't do funny radio. What's he doing that for? But th- it's available. It's not, it, it is on iTunes, but you can't find it on iTunes yet. I know, 
I know. Blame the BBC. Someone needs to literally tick a box on a computer and you'll be able to find it on iTunes. Hopefully tomorrow, when people are back from their bank holidays. Hopefully. Uh, but if you go to the BBC podcast page, you'll be able to find it and, and, and listen to it there. I, I think it's quite good. I'm quite proud of it. Now, 34,000 Watford fans will make their way to Wembley today for the Championship playoff final against Crystal Palace. The Hornets have been out of the top tier of English football since 2007. Well, our reporter, Sophie Solaria, is going to Wembley with a family full of Watford fans. Sophie, whereabouts are you now? I'm in Chesham, Ian. I'm here. It's early. It's actually not very nice outside. And for me, this isn't the most exciting day of my life because... I don't really know anything about football. I don't really know anything about the offside rule. I don't know anything about the players. But for the Watford fans I'm following today, this is a huge day. They're so excited. And Mike, the leader of the family, we're going to call him the the, the man, the main man. He's the biggest Watford supporter out of the lot of them. And I've just joined him now, and he is just overexcited about today. Hi, Mike. Hello. How are we doing? So give me a bit about yourself. Full name? Uh, Mike Parkin. And who is with us today out of your family? Who's going to see Watford with us? Okay, so we've got my dad, who'll be disappointed that I've been described as the man of the family, but there you go. (laughs) Got my dad, my mum, my girlfriend, my brother, his girlfriend, my auntie, my uncle, and my two cousins. This is a really big family occasion today. Yeah, it's a massive thing. It's a massive thing. Obviously, Watford are well known for being a uh, a family club, and uh, I think that's uh, nicely represented here today. So you've been a fan for how long now? Oh, since... As long as I can remember, probably, you know, 26, 27 years. Right. Why Watford? They're our local club, basically, and I think that's what Watford have based their success on, being big in the community, and um, we support, I decided to support our local team, and uh, today I'm glad I did. Just how big a fan are you? Give me a bit of a ballpark sort of description. Um, well, mum and mum's listening on, but she knows this story. I bunked off business studies once to go to Barnsley away <laughs> on a Tuesday night. We skipped off school to do that. Um, I do a Watford podcast, do that every month. Um, travel, they've travelled the width and breadth of the country. We once managed to persuade a barman in um, Malia to show a, a Watford friendly. Watford were playing a pre-season friendly in Italy, and we managed to persuade a guy on holiday to show us that. So if there's a Watford game on, we'll pretty much make sure we're watching. So today, yes. in one word for you? Um, one word isn't going to do it, Sophie. I'm terrified, excited, uh, cat on a hot tin roof. Absolutely can't wow. wait. This is a really big deal. And, of course, I've learned recently getting into the premiership is a lot of money. We're talking about £120 million for the team if you win. Yes, yeah, something like that. I think the, the figures do vary. But, yeah, obviously, you get, there's a different TV deal in place in the Premier League, which, which means that the club is entitled to a lot more money. And, yeah, it's about £120 million, quid, so worth winning. Big, big deal. I'm going to be following you all day. We're going to be going from Chesham. We're going to be going up to see the game. We'll find out the ins and outs of the plan in Lillipop a little bit later on but one quick question where are your tickets my tickets are with my brother who is en route to the house fantastic where are my tickets in Uxbridge at your house that's right Ian what I've done this morning is I have managed to forget my ticket back at my house so uh, not only (laughs) not only am I uh, not exactly over the moon that I have to go to football today but I've also really annoyed my husband who's had to drive an hour round trip to go and get my ticket you massive muppet. Massive muppet.
What an idiot. I know you're in So how could you forget? And I, listen, I know football's not your, not your big thing. I went to a football match recently. I found it incredibly tedious. Uh, so well done you for going, although it's your job. But how could you leave your ticket at home, Solaria? I feel like such an idiot. I can't tell you. I, I have no words. Apart from all the ladies out there listening will understand that I swapped my bags over yesterday so i thought i was taking with me everything that i needed for my life today and obviously that was the one thing that i forgot and when mr salaria got the phone call bright and early this morning uh, what did he say to you well it was worse because i actually made him drive me to chesham in the first place <gasps> which was half an hour so i got him out of bed in the first place to take me then when we got to the door the last thing he said to me was where's your ticket big silence for about two and a half minutes and then he just kicked me out of the car drove back and i knew that yeah i wasn't the most popular wife in the world you only just got married i'm imagining that won't last too long will it no so we knew that enjoy the rest of the day i'm sure you will enjoy i'm sure it's an amazing atmosphere sophie salaria our uh, resident reporter uh, stroke muppet now back to the uh, big news of the day we are relaunching a game that's not but when was the last time this was played paul uh, i think it was 2005 yeah. so this is so eight for eight years mm. this game hasn't been played i'm beginning to realize why what, what, uh, what why is that then? the phones have, have literally not been ablaze with mm. uh, with news with people calling in maybe maybe it's because they thought barry for watford was playing it was just a game for barry this game is open to you dear listener it's uh, uh, my producer today he's the political reporter normally and uh, all-round good guy uh, paul scoines mm. paul space scoines so what's the game we're playing today it's called ian paul's coins that's cute uh, so how does it work well uh it basically i've got some coins yep in my pocket yep and i jangle them and people guess the amount. Okay, so... You don't, you don't win. There's literally no prize. There's no prize. No. Maybe that's what's not been... I blame Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand. Uh, good. Yeah, or was it Blue Peter? I can't remember God, which one stopped the prizes. Them. Maybe Radio, Radio 1? I yeah, I blame there. Radio 1. I blame, yeah. um, um... What's that chap's name? Bruno Brooks. Bruno Brooks. I blame <laughs> yeah, him for so much. <laughs> so, you're going to stand up now. You've got your okay. hand in your pocket. Yep, yep. You've got coins in there. Let's have a jingle. It sounds rather unpleasant. Okay. You can hear those coins. I was in the wrong mic, that's why. No, oh, sorry, let me let go. That's it. That's better. Not really. Okay, so there, there are coins in those pockets. Yeah. 08459 455. Don't, don't take them out of the pocket. Oh, sorry, take them out of the pocket. 08459 455 555. What's the financial value of those coins in Paul's coins pocket as we play Paul's coins? Mm hmm. And that's it, isn't it? That's the game. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Not a lot. It's not a lot. Quite literally. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. So, uh, Serena Farrow. Yeah. Sandra has uh, texted us some riddles. Right, right yeah. Okay, yep. This, this, these annoy me. So I'm, I'm getting no pleasure from this. Right. Uh, how far... So you want to annoy me, is that what you're trying to say instead? Um, yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, yeah. How far... Will, I, I realise I'm probably asking the wrong person for this. Please don't say anything offensive. Okay. How far will a blind dog walk into a forest? That's a bit silly, isn't it? Gosh, dismissive. All right, okay, this is the second one then. Yeah, okay. What happens when you throw a yellow rock into a purple stream? Not a lot. It'll just drop, won't it? 
it's not as if there's going to be different colours like red being, you know, coming emitting from it or anything, is it? It's just a rock and some water. <laughs> no? Yes. Anyway, since when has purple been, streams been purple? Unless you get some dye of some description. Okay, I think that's enough now. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, lots coming up. In the last hour of the show, before Tim uh, Wheeler fills in for JVS, including the latest news on the stabbing last night in Luton, we'll be talking about Watford's chances in the football today at Wembley. And did you go to the carnival? Was it any good? Also, riddles for some reason. I don't know how we got on to that. And we're playing Paul's coins. Just how many coins? What is the financial total of coins? In Paul's coins pocket. 08459 four double five five double five facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr we'll be looking at your facebook comments lots of you have been asking uh, or answering the question should david cameron have gone away on holiday this weekend he's off on a jolly with sam cam who i've got a soft spot for that's irrelevant to the story though not many of you seem to uh, be supportive of him having a break we'll be reading out those comments before nine Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, for some reason, we're, we're doing riddles this morning. I don't know how. It's, it's a little bit parochial, but it's a bank holiday. We're kind of a bit relaxed here. Sandra has sent us in a couple of riddles. What happens when you throw a yellow rock into a purple stream? And how far will a blind dog walk into a forest? Well, Ruth from High Wycombe. Ruth, you think you have the answer to at least one of these, do you? Yes, I do. Which one? Um, the one about the blind dog walking how, into the forest. How far will a blind dog walk into a forest? I hate these things. What's <laughs> okay. the answer? Okay, well, he'll walk into the middle, because when he's gone over the middle, he's walking out. Eh? How far will a blind dog walk into the forest? So he'll walk into the middle, so it doesn't matter how big the forest is, and then once he's reached the middle, he's walking out. Literally makes no sense whatsoever. Well, it does. It does. What? But uh, someone, someone has see. Someone texted something similar to that, and I didn't understand it. Mister Darcy has texted the blind dog goes halfway in and halfway out. Yeah, that's right. It's the same sort of concept. But halfway. That's... It doesn't matter how how big the forest is. It could be thirty miles. So he walks fifteen miles. Well, he would do. Yeah, he'd walk fifteen miles in and fifteen miles out. So he walks thirty miles. Well, that's how big the whole total of the forest is, but it could be two miles. Well, so how far does he walk into the forest? He walks to the middle. It doesn't matter how far. Is it two miles or 15 miles? Well, it could be 25 miles. Where is this forest? It could be anywhere, and it doesn't have to be a blind dog either. What? It doesn't have to be a blind dog. So why... So it could be any animal with any form of disability? Well, it doesn't have to have even have a disability. Sex. Is it, it a li- person? Sorry, it doesn't even have to be an animal, it could be a person. That's right. So why has Sandra specifically said a blind dog? Well, because a blind dog, like a blind person, aren't supposed to see where they're going. But I don't think that's got any reason why Sandra's put that on the, um, the riddle. So, the, 
let me just get get this straight, okay? Yeah. Why is the dog blind? What happened? Is it from birth or is it an accident that happened during its life? <laughs> Let's say it got knocked over on the road. Okay, so has he got a limp? Yeah, okay. Some might argue it would be better to put a blind dog down. Well, yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Why is. Okay, so why is this dog. Walk, why is this blind dog that's been knocked down? He's got a limp. He's obviously badly looked after. Why has he been abandoned in a forest? Because he's blind. But he might not have been abandoned in a forest. What's he doing in a forest then, Ruth? <laughs> he's going for a walk. Why? Who lets a blind dog walk on their own in a forest? But he's not on his own, he's with his owner. Do the RSPCA know about this? <laughs> oh, I would hope so. Who's that cackling in the background? <laughs> Sorry, that's my husband. Tell him to shut up. <laughs> He's not, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not taking this seriously enough at all. I'm oh, sorry. What's your husband's name? Jez. Jez, shut up! I'm talking to Ruth about this flipping blind dog. So, this forest could... You're right. Sorry. You're yes, I'm not, I've, I've not made you cry, have I, Ruth? No, 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 you okay. haven't. I'm, I'm going to work on it. Now, okay. this, this blind dog... Yeah. ...is the forest... So, the answer... Give me the answer again. He walked to the middle... Yes. ...because he's walking in... Right. ...and then after he gets to the middle, he's walking out... I hate Sandra. I hate Sandra for sending this in. Do you know the answer to the one about the yellow rock in a purple stream? Oh, I haven't got a clue. Okay, well, Ruth, thank you very much for calling. I'm not angry with you. I'm just frustrated. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Jez. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. There you go, Ruth. Thank you very much indeed. Did did, did you understand any of that, Paul? No. No, not at all. I'm, I'm hot and bothered now. Hot under the collar. That's the way I like it. Now, you're back uh, to play Paul's Coins. I am, yeah. We've, got, uh, we've got Lee from Chelmsford. Morning, Lee. Morning. Now, Chel- uh, Chelmsford, is that in Beds, Hearts or Bucks? That nah, Essex. Hmm. Well, you sh- I think they've got their own station, haven't they? You've got BBC Radio Essex, which is, is pretty that- poor. I've listened to it. <gasps> yeah, well, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Well, you can't say that. Why? <laughs> you can't well, say that. Can't t- play. Okay. Lee, Lee, you're technically, you're an illegal listener. Is that right? You're a bootleg what? listener. It makes it sound even better. Oh, OK. We're a little bit naughty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, OK. You want to play Paul's Coins? I'd love to play Paul's Coins. If I, listen, if I tune into BBC Essex next week and heard, hear something very similar, I will be furious with you, Lee. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> to right. be fair, there's a limit. Only my brother could do this. What's his name? <laughs> Matthew. Matthew's Coins doesn't work... Oh. It does work. Yeah. OK, right, Paul, stand up. OK. Get your hand in your pocket. The other pocket with the coins in. Sorry. Give, <laughs> give him a jingle. Okay, Paul, you, you're hearing Paul jingle his coins. How, what's the financial total of Paul's coins? Well, I can hear pound coins in there. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking of a few pound coins as well. So oh. I'm, 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 I'm going for £7.60. <laughs> okay, listen, I think we can start giving clues now. Mm. There are literally no pound coins in that oh. pocket, mm. and oh. it is much, much less than £7. I thought it was a wealthy man, so no. pound coins would be there. No, there are it's, no pound coins in there. It's the minimum I carry. Yes, there, there are no pound coins, I'm afraid, Lee. Oh, OK. Take that to BBC Essex and stick that in their pipe and let them smoke. That sentence makes no sense. <laughs> OK. Lee, thank you for being an illegal listener. Thank you, Take care, fella. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Well, there you go. It's, it's, it's not £7. It's quite... It's significantly less than that, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Significantly. Uh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Just how much money has Paul's coins got in... Paul's coins? Mm.
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, yesterday was, uh, for the main part, a successful positive day for Luton, as thousands of people uh, went to the Luton Carnival and had a fantastic time. I think there were maybe four or five arrests, all for minor things. But later on in the evening, unrelated to the carnival, there was another murder. Last night, a 20-year-old man was stabbed in the Marsh Farm area of the town. He died shortly afterwards. Our reporter, Paul Scoynes, has more. Paul. Ian, uh, officers were called to a property in Thrales close in Marsh Farm by a uh, colleague from the ambulance service at around quarter past eight after they'd received reports from uh, the ambulance that someone had been stabbed and firearms units attended the property uh, where the victim was found in a very serious uh, condition and uh, now we understand that detectives from the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire major crime unit have launched a murder investigation after having been rushed to the Luton Dunstable Hospital the uh, 20-year-old man died shortly afterwards and his family has been informed we understand what are the police saying about this well dci sean basra says uh, they're keen to trace any people who might have information in relation to this incident uh, they've described it as a brutal murder and detectives are now piecing together what happened they've said that they're working with witnesses members of the family and uh, and other sort of people involved in the community to try and establish what happened prior to the stabbing and they're urging anybody with any information to come forward they've given a number of line and uh, numbers uh, which we have um uh, they're especially saying the police 101 number in Bedfordshire is available. Also, the, um, uh, the, the, they've got a text number. Or you can contact Crime Stoppers anonymously as well through there. Um, so, we, as you say, we don't think it's related in mm. any way. No link has been made to the carnival. Uh, we've got no details about anybody if there've been, uh, you know, if there've been any arrests. They've not told us yet. We've made several attempts to try mm. and ring them this morning as well. Um, but that information, which was put on the police. Uh, tape at around uh, 10 to midnight last night is the most up-to-date information we have. It's a shame because we, everyone was thinking that we'd all got off lightly with a mm. successful day with the Luton Carnival and everyone was breathing a sigh of relief going well that went uh, peacefully thank goodness for that and then slowly this news started to filter through on, on, on Twitter and through the various news sources that a young lad had been stabbed and then it turned out he'd been murdered and it's, it's a disappointing end to what was otherwise a successful day. Yeah and um, my colleague uh, from uh, Lucky Sally Chidzoy was, was mentioned last night that numbers at the carnival were down and and that there may be some link towards the recent violence in Luton and and people's perceptions of what might have happened but I can stress again there is nothing that we understand to link these two incidents together. Well earlier on, thank you for that Paul, earlier on in the show I spoke to community leader Sandra Glenn who gave me her reaction to the stabbing. Very very tragic and um, definitely obviously really gutted for the family and the friends of the young person concerned it came after people were feeling a little bit of a, um, a high after the fact that we had a gorgeous sunny day and successful carnival with successful police in and it didn't it wasn't part of the carnival um, incidents but it, because it came a few hours after the end of the carnival but unfortunately it does sort of mar the day and it mars the, the fact that Luton seemed to be moving on a little bit into another space you know it is very sad with all of this horrible news we've had about kids killing kids and, and all of this stuff. It, it did seem that on that one day, nice weather, the carnival, music, food, people dancing, that just for that one day, all of this nonsense could be put to one side. And then a few hours later, not connected, but on the same day, this goes, this happens. Yeah. yeah it takes you right back. And obviously, the family and friends of the young person concerned, we, we feel for you. Everybody is devastated. Um, to use a long, young life is just, it's just tragic and, yeah, 
What can the community do, Sandra? Well, we have, as you know, made some steps towards uh, forming an organisation to help with some of the solutions and the prevention work. It's a community organisation. It will be a community co-op in partnership with the police and the council, and that's the African-Caribbean Strategic Partnership. But it's not about just African-Caribbean. It's about the wider issues. But um, on top of that, it's about a coming together of the minds for a multifaceted solution. It's not just one pronged. It's going to take more than, than just one organisation or one set of people to, to try and reach the youth involved in this. And, and unfortunately, this may be linked. It hasn't been confirmed by the police yet, but it's not about members of the public being at risk because it's about certain individuals. Um, so it's targeted, I believe. And so people should go about their normal business and not feel like they're going to be at risk. Well, that was Sandra Glenn speaking earlier on in the show. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're like Harmony the Beach Boys, but nowhere near as old. We're the bad Beach Boys. We're the bad Beach Boys. With fewer drugs. Well, you say fewer drugs. No drugs. No, no drugs is what you Indeed. mean, of course, young yeah. man. No drugs no in drugs. these bad Beach Boys. No the drugs. Beach Boys themselves, themselves were very bad Beach Boys and took lots and lots of drugs. They were bad boys. They were the bad Beach Boys. But I like their stuff. So did they. Good. Yeah. Uh, now, the voice you're hearing is not the, uh, the uh, dulcet tones of Jonathan Vernon Smith. Oh. Huh? What's that? I don't know. Why does he not come in on a bank holiday? What's his problem? Does he not like his listeners? Well, it's, it tends to be the slightly less high-profile presenters that, that come in and do the, the, the bank holiday shows. I don't come in. I don't get paid. I've got a mortgage and two kids, and at least one of those children needs to eat he's, every day. He's got a lot of interests around, you know, a yeah. lot of business interests and things, so, so he doesn't necessarily need to turn up. I, bet, I, I can imagine Jonathan um, selling tat at a car boot sale. So just just to get, get a few extra quid. Do you know what we, oh, we? I'm trying to get him out and about a bit more out yeah. the studio. Yeah. Maybe that's good, maybe that's an, an idea. We yeah. could go to Bulldog Car Boots. I used to love Bulldog Car Boots. Oh. I've not been to Bulldog Car Boots. Oh. But I, I love a good. I love being nosy and buying rubbish. Yeah. I really do. Well, when I went to Bulldog Car Boots sale many many years ago, uh, I purchased two records. One was Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. Can't touch and, this. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows that. Yeah. yeah. Another one was a Vanilla Ice. Ice. Stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with a brand new, new invention. invention. Something that's got to hold me tightly. Moving on to daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? No. I'll never stop. Stop. Like a vandal. Like a candle. If only my wife were here, she can do the whole vanilla ice wrap. That's how I fell in love with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that would charm me. Yeah, it really does charm me. Hey, you, the Rocksteady crew. Show us what you do. But look at us doing some 80s hip hop. Riffing. That's good. Um, I... Hang on one second. Sorry, Paul Scoins. What what, what did you just say in my ear? Yeah, I can do all... You you can actually do all of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I believe so. Away you go. It's been some time. Can I join in? Do you mind? Yeah. I'll let you go first. No, 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 you can... No, yeah. Okay. It, Hang on yeah. one second. Let's just get a little bit of uh, the old uh, okay. echo-ington here. There we go. Right, okay, here we go. And West, West Philadelphia, Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground. It's made us bent most of my days. Chilling out, relaxing, and having a lot of fun, and shooting some b-balls outside of school. Now a couple of guys. Stop you there! Stop you there! Neither of you have lived up tonight. Going as if... That's what Big Willie does. That's not doing the French that's that just is the beginning of the rap, and it sort of tails. It becomes That's better. What Big towards Willie does, the end. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you. So I'm doing a show later. And can I just say, it's nice to know that even with the kind of scant resources we have on bank holidays, the quality isn't affected in any way. And it's been it's been lovely to hear that coming in. But you've obviously set a high bar for me. Thank you. I've just noticed, you know the guy who does the deaf signing on BBC News, the guy with the dreadlocks? The dreadlock guy, yes, yes. He's, he's cut his dreadlocks off. Eh? And I don't know if that's a political statement, whether he's tired of Rasta, or whether he felt he has to take, uh, get his hair off to... Get his hair off? Take his hair off? Cut his hair off to be taken seriously. I don't know if any other listeners have had to cut their hair to be taken seriously. That's not one of my big shout-outs, but don't expect lots of response on don't that. Don't say but that anyway. a bald man's walking into the studio oh, now, for blimey. goodness sake. Look, Ashmead's Ash coming in. Don't mention hair. Um, but I have got some things I'd, I'd like to, to talk to people about today. Lots of Watford content, obviously. Of um, look, look at my ticket. I'm going to the I know you don't care because you don't like football, but I am going to the game. There's a genuine ticket. Genuine don't do anything hilariously controversial in an Ian Lee style and rip it up or something like that. Well done, you. Good uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sat with the Palace fans, though, because I'm going with my, uh, my lady's dad, who's a Palace fan. So uh, I, I kind of do want Watford to win though because it's the local club. It's better for the station. It's good for you know. It'll be exciting. Yeah, well I know you do. Um, so I'll be talking to Watford legend Nigel Gibbs later on in the program about the game. I'll be speaking to Hornets in Australia uh, about the game. Uh, we will be catching up, of course, with Sophie Solaria as she travels uh, from Chesson down to uh, to Northwest London uh, with with the family of Watford fans, and also a little bit of silliness, bit of nonsense today as well. I want to hear about your boring books because I was at my mum and dad's house in Hitchin yeah. and I looked by my dad's uh, the side of my dad's bed to get some Gaviscon uh, because I had a, a dicky tummy <laughs> and I and I You've painted a picture there yeah. it's a rather unpleasant picture and I was kind of leafing through his the, the titles by his bed and I found The Art of Welding which I think Buzzers. that's what he reads before he goes to bed get him in the mood Classic. and Romantic. whatever does it for you I think The Art of Welding is Presumably the most boring, the most tedious tome yep. uh, in the three counties. If anyone, I want you to go, if, cancel your plans of going out to barbecues and doing fun things. Look under your bed, look in the loft, bookshelves. I want to create a, a library of the most boring books. The most boring library in the world. In, in, in your house. I want membership to this library. It sounds my kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know Jeremy Beadle? He had an interesting library. Right. Although this no, that might that might lead to an allegation. Yeah, I think it's a Wikipedia fact. But he had a massive. Let's, no. no, Wikipedia is not a, a basis for any form of of science. And you've probably you've probably already uh, ended my career at BBC Three. I think you should go. Can you apologise? Apologise. He's gone. He's not apologising. It's Tim Wheeler there. Shameful. But he's been replaced by a true professional. Yeah. Luke Ashmead. Yeah. Morning, Luke. Morning, how are F- you? I'm, I'm fine. <clears throat> football, football, football. We've already heard the recording of you wetting yourself. You I, do get very excited, don't you? Uh, that like wasn't that. me, I have to say. Were you, were you not there in the background? I know Jeff was doing the, the main. Were you not there in the background? I, I, I was with the players. Oh. And the, uh, the players, sorry, uh, family and friends. Oh, okay, right. Um, and so it was all very, it was all quite calm. <laughs> and I was sat there, <laughs> pitchside reporter. Yeah. You know, professional with me, little rucksack and me mic and me phone, all ready to go. Yeah. And that goal went in. Phone flew off one direction. I was <laughs> hugging people I didn't know. Um, I think I went about two, three seats down. It was a... Uh, well, it, it did sound very exciting. Mm. Do they stand a chance today? Yeah. Really? Yeah on, yeah, on paper. And we know football's not played on paper. Mm. Um, they are the better side. They play the better football. Yeah. And if the weather's decent, they can pass it around, tire Crystal Palace out. They've got every chance. Uh, this today. is what I've heard a couple of times mentioned about mm. tiring Crystal Palace out. 
Well, it's just a style of football that Watford play. It's, right. a, it's a, a you know a real passing game. They play football very well. There's a possibility that they can keep Crystal Palace off the ball, make Crystal Palace chase the game down, yep. uh, and that will give uh, hopefully Watford every chance of scoring a couple of goals. Listen, I'm a football idiot, as you know. So yeah, just tell yeah. me exactly what is this game today, and what does it mean? It's a huge game. Um, I th- it, they, you know, it's one of the biggest games in football. You have to say in this country. Um, take aside things like the FA Cup and and uh, the, the Premier League title. If Watford win this game today, they will be playing Premier League football next season. It's the top flight, of course, of English football. But what it means for Watford is that week in, week out, they'll be, uh, they'll be playing against teams like Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal. But the, I think the biggest thing is the financial... £120 million. Pounds. <laughs> this game is worth... How is that possible? Well, I don't understand that. Well, £60 million pounds straight off from the t- television company who, who provides uh, entertain- football entertainment. Wow. Uh, so £60 million pound payoff for the rights to show Watford, uh, you know, when they, whenever they show them. And then there's something called a parachute payment. So yeah. if Watford go up for one season and drop straight that back down to the championship, they will receive, over four years, a further £60 million. Pounds. Flippin' egg. Um, but it's not just that 120 million. Yeah. Of course, there'll be bigger gate receipts at Vicarage Road. Uh, there'll be probably better sponsorship. It, 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 getting that, into the top flight just helps in every. Aspect. Does that then mean they can buy their own players instead of having this weird loan system that well, some people have criticised them for? Some people have criticised them for that loan system. Um, they've taken advantage of a, a loophole, you would say. Right. I, you know. Is it cheating? I don't. I'm, I'm no. asked that genuinely. I don't no, know. It's no. Not I think. I think there is a, a, a. There are sour grapes, certainly from other uh, championship clubs who maybe haven't had the opportunity to do this. But I don't think any other championship club is in a situation where the owners of that club also own a club in the Spanish and Italian leagues. Mm. N- nothing like this has really ever happened before. Um, so it, it will be a legitimate win. Yep. You think they can do it? Yes. Uh, uh, th- th- Crystal Palace, give, give me a little bit about them. What are they like? Good good team. Yeah. Uh, you know, good they team. must be good to got this uh, far. Yeah, and, uh, and interestingly, there's a little bit of edge here because Ian Holloway, um, you might have heard He's the Crystal Hall- Palace manager. He's the Crystal Palace yes. manager. A real character, you know. He came out after the 2-2 draw at Vicarage Road and in his post-match... Uh, interview with with the press was very critical right. of Watford and their loan system. Very, very critical, yep. and uh, he's certainly got the backup of a lot of Watford fans. So there's going to be a bit of a needle. Interestingly, in the last week or so, he's come out and and been very quiet about that. I he's kind he of put that to bed. Yeah. But uh, there's no love lost between uh, Ian Holloway and Watford fans. If Watford fans or football fans want to listen today, what's what's three counties doing? What uh, are we up it's to? a great day. Really looking forward to. It. I'm on between twelve and two from Wembley Way, or I think it's called Olympic Way now. I'll be live, looking for fans to come and join me and tell me their stories of how they've got there. Sophie Solera is going to be joining me with her Watford family. She's been spending a day with. A you Watford know, she family. turned up without her ticket. Her hu- she, she no, got you are joking. No, 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 this is true. She, she got to the house. Her, her husband drove her to the house of the family. He said, "You got the ticket in your bag." She went. Oh no, it's in the other bag. So she, he had to go home, pick up her ticket, and then drive back. So she's got her ticket now. Okay, she's going to be there. No, <laughs> please don't do that to me. No, what a muppet! I've checked. I'm, I haven't got a ticket yet. I've got to get my press pass. But I've been checking pockets, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so from twelve till two, I'll be there. We've got ex pros. We're going to have a keepy uppy competition with our ex pros. Are you aware of keepy uppies? Uh, is it what I think it means? You're just the do, 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 do. yeah, it is. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I have bad fits of giggles. Stop it. No. Um, and then from two o'clock, I'll be heading inside. Jeff will be taking over. And between two and seven, we've got the build-up between two and three. Uh, between three and five, of course, or maybe longer, because this yeah. game could go to extra time and penalties if it's level after 90 minutes. And then 
we're hoping yeah. between five and seven is just a massive celebration of what the fans and players and the manager and um, an interesting on pitch side reporter for the day. Yeah. If Watford lose, yeah. I'm not allowed on the pitch. Why? If Watford win, I'm allowed to go on the pitch and interview with players. Just get on there. Oh, Luke, don't take that. And Am I course, ignoring the rules? Ignore the rules. Just get on there. And uh, Jeff, of course, we'll have to finish this in a second, but Jeff is uh, he, he's putting in special effort today, oh, isn't he? Oh, my goodness me. Well, Jeff's... I mean, this is just the way it's panned out. Jeff is currently travelling from Cornwall. Fantastic. He's on his family holiday. He's driving from Cornwall to Wembley today. And when it's all wrapped up, he's driving back oh, to Cornwall. His wife must be can so... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> Luke, listen, enjoy the day. Thank I'm sure it's going to be success. Best of luck to Watford. If you want to give us Call 08459 555555. Right, let's get the travel. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at nine. Nice one. Thanks. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I do enjoy the bank holiday shows. I don't know if you do. I hope you do. I hope you do, but I do enjoy them uh, because it's a little bit more relaxed. And we've got a couple more songs to play before uh, Tim comes in at nine o'clock. We're also playing Paul's Coins with a celebrity guest. We've got a celebrity guest who wants to play. I know all the big stars listening to this show. A celebrity has called in almost spontaneously and said, yeah, I'll have, I'll have some of this. I think I know the answer. Uh, you can give us a call about that. We've got, uh, we're also talking about should David Cameron be on holiday this weekend? Lots of you having your say on Facebook. I'll, I'll try and get through as many of those before nine as well. And if you're on your way to Watf- uh, to Wembley, sorry, to Wembley to support Watford, do give me a call. 08459 455555. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's, I, I do enjoy the bank holiday shows. It's just a little bit more, I, I enjoy the rest of the week as well don't tomorrow it's it's normal service is resumed whatever that means but the bank holiday shows just a little bit more kind of relaxed and a little bit laid back and we can have a little bit uh, more fun i think one of the things we've been doing to fill the uh, gaps i mean sorry to have fun is play a game called paul's coins yeah, got, got no, we got no jingle or anything worked I, out. Yeah, did we? sorry about you that. You did say you I would. did promise a jingle. Now, the, the way this works, and this is very, very clever, and you've, now you've explained it to me, I get it. Mm. Your name is Paul mm-hmm. Scoines. Yes. Uh, and this game is called Paul's <laughs> Scoines. No, 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 it's called Paul's Scoines, because that would be Scoines. It's Paul's Coins. We could have done Paul's Scones. Could have, yes. That, that's so, less tied into the, the name, okay. which is quite... Important. Just just speak close to the microphone. Sorry. That's how, that's how it works in radio. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. That thing amplifies your voice. So, the, the concept... Not that sp- close. Oh. The concept is you have coins in your pocket. Yes. You jingle-jangle them. The listener... And I've got to say, you really uh, must have broken phones this morning because the phones have not... Uh, must be a technical problem. It, it used to be a real flyer. Yeah. You jangle your coins and people guess how much financial worth is in your pocket. Yep. Give us a jangle of those coins right now. OK. That sounds like my pockets are well. Well, we've got a celebrity caller. Lots <laughs> of stars living in beds, hearts and bucks. A lot of famous people, indeed. Uh, and it turns out... That one of them, whilst not listening to this show, responded to a text I sent them asking, <laughs> would you come on, because we're a little bit short of, uh, because um, it would be nice to have your voice on. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the BBC Three Counties newsreader, Catherine Boyle. Hello, I was listening. 
Yes, not to this station, though. You were, you were listening yeah, to Heart, I believe, as you, as you do. <laughs> Catherine, it's lovely to um, have you uh, on a bank holiday. What? Yeah. Am I getting paid extra for this? No, no, no. No, uh, no you're okay. not. Uh, what... Make it quick, then. Yeah. What are you doing on a bank holiday? We're preparing to go to the safari park. Why? Because it's bank holiday and I can. No, because you, you you never go to a safari park on a bank holiday, Catherine. Everyone has that idea. <laughs> Everyone's thinking the same thing. You don't work normal hours. Just take your kids out of school on a Tuesday afternoon and go then. Oh, yeah, textbook error. Yes, exactly. Well, listen, uh, why, why are you giggling so much? What's going on there? I've had a coffee. Serena doesn't giggle. Oh, uh, well, Serena, yeah, she won't. She's hardened to you. So much I could say, but we've not got time for that because you are here to play Paul's Coins. Now, uh, would you like to hear Paul jangle his pocket one more time? Yeah, because over the phone it sounded like his pocket was empty. Okay, well, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen. Here we go. It sounds like a potholer having a wee in a cavern, but (laughs) it's... It's not, Catherine. There are actual coins in there. Now, so far we've established it's less than £7. There are no pound coins in there whatsoever. Okay. So, what do you think? I'm sensing, and I can't hear over the phone, so I'm just going purely on Yuri Geller senses. (laughs) £3.82. £3.82. Let me just jot that down. £3.82. And 82 pence. Well, we go over to uh, our political correspondent, Paul Scoynes. Paul, how many coins... Well, is that correct? It's huh? not correct, Ian. Oh! I'm sorry. Ah. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. Disappointed. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, dear. Another disappointment. Thanks, Kath. You're welcome. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's Daft Punk on the radio. There we go. Here until nine o'clock, then Tim uh, comes in and does a mighty fine show, as he always does when he fills in for JVS. Big day, big day. 34,000 Watford fans are going to make their way to Wembley today for the Championship playoff final against Crystal Palace. The Hornets have been out of the top tier of English football since 2007. Well, earlier on, we heard from our reporter, Sophie Solaria, who's having breakfast with the family in Watford as they prepare for Wembley. She'd left her ticket at home. Her uh, short-suffering husband, they've not been married that long, uh, managed to drop it off for her. Sophie, what's, what's going on now? What's the latest? Hello, Ian. Yeah, I'm still here at Mike's house in Chesham. In the past hour, I have 
well, been present since, uh, since what, well, been here since seven, as you say, my ticket got lost. I've now got my ticket. The ticket is now safely here. Husband, livid, has now gone back home uh, to have a rest from me and instead dropped me off with this whole family who are now awake and it's really getting going now. We've got a kitchen full um, of the parkings. We've got dad parking here. This is Tony. Let me see if I remember all their names. Tony, you're cutting up the bacon. Hi. Right. Morning. Morning. And then we've got Mike, our main man. He's the guy that we heard from earlier. Hi, Mike. Hi there, yeah. Now, brother Andy's joined us. Andy, you're also a Watford supporter, aren't you? Certainly am, yeah. How yep. many years is this? Oh, since I was five and... Uh... 33 now, so... Um, long old time. Yeah. Long old time. <laughs> and then we've got Mum, Sue. Hello, Sue. Good morning. You're cutting up a banana for little Arlo. I certainly am. And then we've got Laura. Hello. You're uh, Andy's girlfriend. Yeah. Wow, there you go. That was good. Right, let's focus on just a couple of you. Mike, we're... Um, you're, the, you're our guy. You're yep. still here. Now, in the last hour, you've gone from being tired, because yep. you woke up to greet me very early, yep. to being, I quote... I feel sick, he said, so you now feel sick. Yeah, Dad's doing what's looking like an amazing fry, but I don't know how much I'm going to be able to eat of it. I'm um, starting to feel, I don't know if it's excitement, nerves, what, whatever, but I haven't sat down, I haven't stopped moving and just really started to get very, very excited now. Don't you worry, there'll be enough food there for me, I'll finish it if you can't. Andy, you came in and you barely said two words to anybody, so I'm taking that as nerves as well. Yeah, yeah, I've been nervous all weekend, um, you know, since Friday really, it's... Uh, just been building up. Laura will uh, testify that it's just been getting uh, a bit Worse too much, and I just seem, haven't been able to um, concentrate on anything else. On the trip up, we had a few, few drinks in London on Friday on the train home. We were watching the watching the uh, Leicester game, so um, yeah, just just all building up to today, and I just hope we get the right result. Tony, we can safely say your boys—they've started to realise the enormity of the day, haven't they? Absolutely. But I'm proud of them. They're good, solid Watford supporters. They've stayed loyal through thick and thin, and this is a good day out for them and hopefully for the club. Good day for all of you. Um, Mike, let's just have a quick word about what it means if Watford is promoted today. Well, obviously everyone talks about the money side of things, and that's really important. Watford have had a, a sort of troubled financial recent history, so for, for to get that sort of money into the club and to be secure is a really, really good thing. But from a football fan's point of view, the, the great thing about getting promoted is that uh, you're getting Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal coming to play football at Mickey Road. You're getting to see the best football, um, some say in the world, but certainly in the country, um, and see how this, this Watford team get on against the best teams in the in the country. So. Yeah. It's a big deal. I don't know much about football, but those names, Manchester United, etc., they're big names. So I can imagine that this is a fairly big deal. In fact, it's a little bit like, you could liken it to a British film, a small budget British film, getting big stars like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in him, I guess. Yeah, I think that's probably the first time I've heard Man United and uh, Arsenal described as Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. That's I can't good. Get the yeah, I get it. I'm <laughs> starting to get it. Watford sign Angelina Jolie. I'll start supporting them as well. <laughs> there you go, Ian. I am definitely, definitely getting more to grips with this football thing and the enormity of the game today, as you can tell. Sorry, Sophie, we're just having a little technical problems here. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing uh, lots and lots of bits and pieces going on. Are, 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 you, are you excited at all, Sophie? Is there any excitement in you? Well, now I've just spoken about big players like 
Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Um, I suppose you could, you can, I can now, yeah, I can get the enormity of it. And actually, I'm feeling a little bit nervous myself. I'm sort of feeling a little bit like, I don't know, my heart's racing a little bit whenever we think about going to Wembley. Is that normal, Mike? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, going to Wembley isn't normal. That's the, that's the great thing about today. There you go. Fans very rarely get to see their club at Wembley, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And I'm glad that bacon is being cut there because you did say in the meeting last week, I'm only going if there's bacon sandwiches for breakfast. Are you getting? <laughs> yes, you did, Sophie. Oh, yes, you did. Oh yeah. Uh, are, you yeah having, I bet. Are, are you having a nice bacon butty? <laughs> I think. I think maybe there'll be some toast and tea and toast coming my Excellent way. Excellent stuff. Or maybe a few coffees. And you're with them all day, so I look forward to listening to Three Counties throughout the day and hearing your your bits and pieces with them, Sophie. Enjoy yourself. Thanks. <laughs> Sophie Solaria there. She's still not convinced. Uh, she's gonna, she will have a great day. Of course she'll have a great day. Uh, like, last few minutes of the show, we've been asking, David Cameron, should he be on holiday? He's gone to Ibiza for the weekend. Uh, in light of what's happened last week with the events in Woolwich, it just left me scratching my head a bit. Yes, technically, he can't practically do anything while he's here. But going away on holiday... Is that really appropriate? Lots of you have been uh, having your, your say on the Facebook page. Uh, let's just pick some of these at random. Uh, John says, there's always something happening in the UK. He's allowed a holiday just like the rest of us. And I do feel safer knowing that Cameron's out of the country. Uh, Aidan says, he's only in the job temporarily. We'll tick along with or without him. Gary says, we're better off without him here. Um, Philip says, get rid of him. Waste of time. He's not on the same planet as me. And Dawn says, the PM's attitude to all of this is to go on holiday. This government have made it so the rest of us can't afford a holiday. He has total disregard for the family of Lee Rigby too. We should be asking for another general election and the government who wish to be elected next may to sign a document saying they will care for us, not ignore us when it's most needed. Deeper sympathy goes to Lee's family. Well, I know Nadine Doris was on Sky yesterday actually defending David Cameron, saying of course he should be allowed a holiday. Well, Jeffrey's in Ascot. Jeffrey, what do you think? Should David Cameron have gone to Ibiza for the weekend? Absolutely. I thought, I thought all those comments you read out from the social networking uh, sites were just ridiculous and totally partisan. Uh, there, there was no objectivity about them whatsoever. Um, political leaders having to deal with matters of state, like massive levels of over-expenditure because of the previous regime, and, 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 and their capacity to want to borrow billions of Chinese deng to chuck at the British economy because they think that's going to revive it, um, have to have periods of rest. Like footballers. You know, sometimes Watford will rest, an unimportant match, Watford will rest its top star. Are you saying the murder of Lee Rigby, are you comparing that to an unimportant match? No, not at all. Then why did you bring it up? That would imply a comparison. No, 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 the the comparison is... The comparison is... You're saying it's unimportant? No, a, a manager of a football team will have to decide a strategy and tactics in response to any kind of challenge that comes along. And, and the fact is that social workers, the colonel of the regiment of Fusiliers that Lee Rigby was, was, um, was a member of, would have instituted a social care programme for the family, I would imagine. There'll be social workers from Manchester also caring for them. They, could, they have access to the doctors, the great NHS that looks after us all. Who's, who's caring for the country, though, Geoffrey? Where are the social workers caring for the country? 
Well, I have never heard of civil service departments. Well, there's the politicians that we elect, and I would imagine that David Cameron would have delegated responsibility to uh, Mr. Clegg over the weekend, so that he actually gets practice just in case, like, um, say, John F. Kennedy, if Mr. If Mr. Um, Cameron was assassinated by, that's quite possible nowadays, given the number of terrorists that are going around the world, if he's assassinated in Ibiza, then the, then the fact that he's given over, delegated some power to Mr. Nick Clegg over the weekend will give him practice. Jeffrey. Just as LB, LBJ, LBJ had... Jeffrey. I'm trying to answer your question. No, you're, going, you're, going, uh, you're going off on a, on a tangent, Jeffrey. No, he's, I'm not, I'm not. he's not even holidaying in this country. He is. No, he's it's Ibiza. Called, it's, called, it's called the European Union. You, you, you're out of date, Ian. You're out Jeffrey, of date. Jeffrey, <laughs> we can either have a proper discussion or, or you can go away. He's not even holidaying in this country. <laughs> And yet, it, yet an atrocity has happened. What is being labelled a terrorist atrocity has happened. Yes. If this was America, Obama would be in Woolwich now, be going to the mosques, he'd be going to the churches, he'd be knocking on doors, he'd be walking the streets, shaking hands, as a symbolic gesture. Do you not think David Cameron should be there? There's no need for him to be there. He's, he's made policy statements about what he's... What, he's saying we won't give in to the terrorists. And the people whose job it is to look after the family uh, would be active... But who's looking important? after the country, Geoffrey? Who's looking? Who's nursing our wounds after this horrific incident last week? Well, well the, the, the way to look after the country would be to have secure borders. That'd be the way, so, so that you didn't have someone returning from Kenya, where, where they tried to join a jihadist group in... Uh, OK, Jeffrey, 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 we, we, listen, we, we can't, there is an ongoing case, we can't speak too much about the specifics of various gentlemen, and I also think we're going off on, on, on several tangents there, but Jeffrey, thank you very much. Uh, indeed, the show is, is literally uh, collapsing towards a finish here, and all morning we have been playing the mighty Paul Scoynes. Uh, it's, it's not really, if I'm honest, Paul, it's not been the, the banker mm. that you told me it was going to be uh, well you know I, we've had some guesses you've got them in front of you then <clears throat> yes we have got some guesses uh, wendy and rickman but basically we, we're trying to guess how much money is in paul paul's pocket wendy in rickmansworth says ian i think there's 68p and my husband thinks it's 35p in paul's pocket oh they're taking it quite seriously yeah paul in elstree says is it two pounds 57 pence mm. darren in hitchin says one pound 23 pence Stephen mk says i can remember paul checking out his pockets a few years back he had £4.32. Is it still the same? Uh, and uh, Catherine uh, says, I don't think there's any money in Paul's pocket, just the whole... Oh, dear. Paul, how much is in your pocket? It's, it's one pound, Ian. A single pound, but split in a, in a sort of a variety of ways. There's five 2Ps, there's two 10Ps, there's three 20Ps and two 5Ps. And you've taken a picture of that money. Yep. And we, we, can we tweet that we picture? We probably can. Let's do that. Shall let's, we? Let's, why not? Wow. It's, it's what um, that, that man invented the internet for, isn't it? Yeah. Tim Berners-Lee is sitting there going, brilliant. I, I, I can switch it off now. has been a success. Well, Paul, uh, you've certainly been um, here while the show's been going on, and mm. for that I, I guess I'm grateful. Danny's done a cracking job, I think, and has really uh, helped sail this, this ship through choppy water, so thank you very much, Danny. Paul... We'll have words later, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's it. If you want to get in touch with me at any point to complain about the show <laughs> or otherwise, you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Let's get a little bit of travel, shall we? 
Well, that's it. That's your lot from me. As I said, if you do want to get in touch um, about any stories that you think might be appropriate to uh, cover on the show, you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. It's I-A-I-N dot L-E. I spell it correctly, for goodness sakes. And don't forget, if you go to the BBC podcast page, this show now has, uh, in inverted commas, a best of weekly podcast. It's not on iTunes yet. The Muppets at the BBC technical department have... uh, All they've got to do is tick a box online. They've failed to do it and they've gone away with Cameron for the... Back tomorrow. Normal service resumes. Stay tuned. Tim's up next. Ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thank you, Ian.